0: I'm Todd Nathanson, and I'm Danny Roth. And welcome to a, I guess, a very special episode of Song versus Song. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, here they are. We were doing the grunge classics. We're doing "Jeremy" by Pearl Jam versus uh, "Black Hole Sun" by Soundgarden. Two of like the biggest towering hits of the grunge era. Yep. And uh, we kind of realized afterwards that we were just like, oh, this is going to be a very dark episode. <laughs>
1: I I want to do something with black holes. Sun. Jeremy ended up being the song that seemed to make the most sense. I was very excited to do this episode, and then in the research, I realized that it is unavoidably a serious episode. So it we'll try to sort of
0: we're entertaining. We can be entertaining talking about dark subject matter. I'm sure.
1: Sure. I mean, I'm 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 just saying that uh, I'm I didn't come into the episode deciding I was going to do a bunch of hot takes, but I think that they're. They're like, a. it's like a, 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 a road full of potholes.
0: I'm going to yeah, hit gonna, a couple. Uh, yeah, it's going to be unavoidable. There's some dark stuff going on in here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you don't know, Jeremy by Pearl Jam is a song about a
1: suicidal
0: teenager.
1: Yeah, based on a real kid who, who committed suicide in front of his classmates. Yes, and grunge is itself a horrible spectacle of
0: death in hindsight because, you know, the most famous guy, Kurt Cobain, also killed himself, also shot himself.
1: Yep, and uh, and Chris Cornell just killed himself two years ago. Or I Chris mean, Chris Cornell, lead singer of Soundgarden. His family sort of feels that he was out of his out of his mind at the time that he did it, so they're not sure whether or not they feel it should be counted su- count as a suicide. He had a drug problem that was uh, pretty well known.
0: In fact, Pearl Jam itself comes from death. Well, I mean,
1: great, <laughs> yeah. So do you want do you want to talk about grunge? Sort of uh, your, you know, your what, personal like, attachment to it. I don't you know. Were, what, you would have been very young when it started. No, I, I
0: distinctly remember the day Kurt Cobain died. I came into class one day and, you know, all, my entire class was was talking about it. And I had to ask, who's Kurt Cobain? And I was I was not into music as a kid. And it wasn't until uh, till afterwards, like during the, the late 90s, when the Foo Fighters were big, that I went backwards. And because, you know, grunge still had a humongous shadow over everything, even though it basically was over by that point, it, you know, I got NPB and MVH One were playing all the, the the grunge classics, including both these songs, both of which were had. I think were called like the greatest videos of of the the nineties. Both of them.
1: Yeah, they they won a lot of awards, especially uh, Jeremy. Just won a ton. Yeah, just so, won so many awards, uh, which Pearl Jam um, as a group felt kind of uncomfortable about. Not that uh, they yeah. disliked the video, but the concept of the of the video medium. Anyway. um... So, fun fact. Okay. Uh, Jeremy's Jeremy and the album, um, Pearl Jam's 10, which was their first major record, is the first CD I ever bought. Oh, wow. I mean, I owned tapes prior to that because I'm old. But the first CD I ever owned was that, and I bought whatever the and Effect Record was Rump Shaker. That's right. All I want to do is zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Hey, Jeremy versus Rump Shaker.
0: Yeah, that's a weird.
1: Bet <laughs> that, that would be a That'd very be, personal. That would be a song versus song for an for an audience of one, one. and yeah. it would be me. But those are the first two CDs I ever bought, and uh, I didn't have a strong attachment to Nirvana uh, at all when when their when uh, Nevermind, which was their first big uh-huh. success, that was their first album produced by Butch Vig. Infamously now considered to be overproduced, but pretty enormous at the time.
0: Yeah, that's incorrect. Fuck that hot take. Okay, like a, lot, take. a lot of people do say I that. I know, and th- a lot of people are wrong. But okay, <laughs> wow. All
1: right, but you know, I was in sixth grade when Nevermind got big, and I was in eighth grade, I think, when uh, in utero and uh, the, the MTV unplugged episode with Nirvana got big, and so that was when I really started to get super attached to grunge and then Kurt immediately died. <laughs> yeah. You know, these were these were events that were one right after the other. So, I would say that was sort of I came into grunge I was still kind of young. We were you know, you were really young and sort of not a yeah. big music person and I think that probably for me the first really big movement of music that I got into was it was that um which was sort of heralded by like you said, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Bush and uh, Alice in
0: Chains, with the other, yeah. the, the other big four and then Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Just, Bush and Stone Temple Pilots made up the, the big six, I guess. Yeah. But, so I was like the lesser, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam Jr. Yeah. Uh, so
1: it was one half that and then one half, you know, yeah. green, green day and, and bands of that. Like, right. Those, those were the two big things that I was getting into circa 93, 94, let's say. Yeah. So uh, that was my attachment. It was probably yeah. So grunge was a, a big deal for me,
0: mm-hmm. and it was a big deal for me too because like I was like I wanted to get all the n- the new classics. And, but uh, did you get it? Did, did you get did
1: you grasp it? Did you really understand uh, what you know, they were like, saying? Well, in,
0: in in Eddie Vedder's case, I literally didn't understand what he was saying. Got but, him. <laughs> yes. No. For the longest time, I had I was a huge fan. I had that CD. I uh, had both CDs. Uh, they both kicked my ass. I absolutely love them. Uh, but I don't, I think it was like not till like 2004 that I even knew what Eddie, Eddie Vedder was even singing.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that was that was sort of the hallmark. And we're going to end up talking about. I um, mean, I knew what it was
0: about, but I didn't know the actual words of that song.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I think that for me, because I was so young, I, the feeling mm-hmm. of the songs, yes. The specificity, I would no. say probably most of the time, uh uh-uh. uh. No, um, Black Hole Sun, like, I mean, a, the, it, it, what is that song about? That's <laughs> that's that's sort of a whole other topic. Well,
0: yeah, that to me that's like the big difference between these two songs. Jeremy is about a very very specific subject, and Black Hole Sun is not about anything at all. And like you know, we talk about Nirvana, it smells like Teen Spirit. Like to this day, we joke about how it's not really about anything. But I, I think Chris Cornell said something that was like, "No, I Black Hole Sun is about absolutely nothing. We didn't even have like a common theme. We were just like spitting out." Uh, Spitting out random words. I'm well,
1: he was. He he came yeah. up with that in the car. Right. Uh, but here's what I'll say. Somebody else had sort of come in and said the thing about Chris is that he he keeps it so close to the vest mm-hmm. that sometimes he doesn't even know why he's written a thing, but there's still a, a reason. Yeah. And I think there is absolutely a reason. Here's my. Um, this is. I don't know if it's an opening salvo or or what, but. Uh. Um, In listening to both of these songs back to back, what I realized is that Jeremy is a song that I connected with very viscerally and very literally as a child. Mm-hmm. I totally got that right. That's a that's a twelve to fourteen year old kid. That was the that was the age range that I was in. This was about a kid that was tormented by his peers. I was tormented by my peers, yeah. so I understood Jeremy very literally. And I think that it's a song that is going to resonate with a lot of kids. It's it's in a weird way as as arty as it is with the capital A. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost grunge for kids.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, it's about children. You yeah. could do like a kid's
1: Bob version of it. There no. you go. Get it. Get it. No. Um, I'd be surprised if it didn't already happen. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think Black Hole Sun is, it represents all of my adult anxieties. Uh, I think it's a much more grown up song. And that's the reason why it, it doesn't require specificity, mm-hmm. right? It's just that overall feeling of existential dread. <laughs> uh, that thing that you both fear and welcome. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of existential like the world is going to literally explode like coming off of that song, like even if it's not literally about anything and no one's not quite clear what a black hole sun would be, but it's like such a striking image like a hole in the sky basically, like the Black Sabbath song.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's great. I like it. It's a very positive image. No, I. So, the, that music video for that one, the pitch was that they were going to make everybody smiling like psychopaths.
0: Yeah, it's like a very
1: trippy, Stepford Wivesy suburb yeah. video. Yeah, while the world ends. Yes. And the only caveat that um, Soundgarden as a band had was that if they were going to be in the video, they would not be smiling, they would be completely unemotional. Huh. I, I can't even
0: imagine what that would look like.
1: Weird. Yeah. I think it's a good contrast to everything else that's going on. Uh um, yeah, Chris Cornell did not smile a lot in his videos. No, I no. mean, I don't want to... It was s- not a happy band. No, he wasn't a happy guy. No. Um, but happy sad, I mean, that that's, that's kind of a weird thing to say. But uh, yeah. yeah, the point is that, um, yeah, what I realized in listening to these songs again was that uh, I think that one of them struck me as a kid, and one of them hits me harder as an adult.
0: Yeah. Well, I I went with the uh, Jeremy because I I'm still basically a 12 year old at heart, still an angsty or an angsty 15 year old when I first started getting into music, and it still hits me the exact same way. And this is going to be in, incredibly shallow. Um, I I, I kind of grew grew out of. Black Hole Sun being having a real place in my heart because of uh because of Rock Band because <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <laughs> no I mean we me and my old college friends we'd sit around we'd playing Rock Band and Black Hole Sun I think was on the first one and it just goes on too long and we'd be sitting there like jamming on that endless five minute solo at the end of that and at the end of the song it just felt like it would be going on forever and uh I don't know like. Soundgarden and Pearl Jam strike me as coming from completely different places. Like I think Kirk Cobain said once, like grunge was just bookworms and potheads unite. Yeah, and, and like Soundgarden to me is a metal band.
1: They yeah. are. In and fact, the reason that Black Hole Sun falls into the the grunge soundscape and and genre in general is because it stands out from basically everything else they ever did it's the most grunge song they've got because it's the only one that has this sort of singer-songwriter quality to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still got the guitar riff that i Met your face off, but right. it also is much more heavy on the lyrics, even if they are a little bit existential. Yeah, I can, uh, you can
0: understand them as opposed to a lot of Soundgarden songs where he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. And uh, Pearl Jam, to me, was more like a classic rock band, like a 70s, you know almost famous type uh, lighters in the air kind of band.
1: Yeah, kind of. Although, you know, my whole beef with with, uh, with not just Jeremy, but um, like the first two albums of theirs mm-hmm. is that the way they recorded it, everything sounds very muddy to me. And it's it's by design. Yeah. I think that if you listen to some of these other records, uh, and t- I, I suppose to your argument about how Nevermind is not overproduced. Uh-huh. Uh, You can actually hear the instruments. You can actually get something off of those. And I think that it's very hard to tell what they're doing as far as like how what they're playing and how they're playing it on uh, on uh, Jeremy and on a lot of uh, 10 and a lot of uh, versus Versus. also versus I think is even worse. But (laughs) but um, I never noticed that. I mean, I haven't listened to those albums in a long time. Yeah, they're but, produced in a really weird way. They Eventually, I think they re-released versus actually. Um, with a better mix? Yeah. like The mix is just weird, and I think they both suffer from that to a degree, whereas I think that there are much more clear choices on Black Hole Sun mm-hmm. uh, and off of that album in general. So that's one thing that I sort of prefer about it. If we're going to be by the numbers for a minute <laughs> before we get into the, the, the cool misery.
0: Um, you know, speaking of by the numbers, this is a, just a... a a thing I picked up a weird little number to me. I was looking up like the chart success and because, uh, black hole sun never was never released as a single per se. Right. Because you know, that they were album artists. They didn't bother with that silly, you know, that's for like the backstreet boys, but it did chart on the, like the radio charts and black hole sun went as high as number 24, which is insane to me. Like in the top 25 radio songs, like, it, it was sandwiched in between Back and Forth by Aaliyah and The Sign by Ace of Bass. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Like, that's a song with a weird, it's it's like eight minutes long. It has like a...
1: No, it's not. Nine, it's no, five it's a, and a it's half. Five, it's
0: five and a half. And it has like a, a weird nine, eight time signature in the middle.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jeremy is not a short song either. No, I, I think
0: they're actually about the same length, actually.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: And it, it certainly goes on quite a bit
1: towards the end there. They both do that, though. They, yeah. There's, you know, Jeremy also was a lot of, whoo, 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 whoo. Oh, ah, ah. I'm glad we did a, we, that together. We teamed up and did a really great Eddie Vedder right there. Everybody enjoy. But yeah, I don't, I think they both kind of suffer from that problem, to be honest with you. That's, I think, They're I think that's a, that's a flaw in both songs is that they just, yeah, they just keep going.
0: Yeah, those were, uh these were not tight. Uh, don't Boris get to the bo- chorus kind of bands?
1: No, they weren't. Um, but let's so let's look at let's look at both. Um, right. So Jeremy,
0: yeah,
1: is ostensibly about this real kid, right? Uh, who uh, went in front of a class uh, with a gun and killed himself,
0: right? Yeah. In front of everybody, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's a that's a really dark thing. Uh, like when you're an angsty kid. Like, that's a kind of image that kind of grabs your mind a little.
1: Yeah, and so that happened, and then um, Pearl Jam, or Eddie Vedder, sat down and wrote this song where he didn't want to... He'd read a news article. He didn't want to make it exact to. uh, He wanted to sort of draw inspiration from it and use the name. Yeah. Uh, So not everything is exactly the same, but the big, um, arguably, problem doesn't come until the music video, wherein there was a, a bit from MTV where they didn't want to show a gun. And mm-hmm. so you see this whole thing play out wherein all the students are covered in blood and they're all pointing, looking shocked. And so what happened was in the music video, what it seems as though, and I absolutely, it's interesting. So, all right. The, the understanding, the big complaint by the band and, and a lot of other people was mm-hmm. that it seemed as though he hadn't killed himself, but he had killed his classmates.
0: I, th- I think that's what I believed it to be for, a, for a, at least a little bit when I first was introduced to this song. I was like, oh, he, he,
1: he shot all of those kids. I'm going to tell you my uh, what I thought as a kid because I remember it very vividly. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had my cake and ate it too on this one. I thought what they were saying was that he killed everybody and then himself. Yeah, uh, and the and the thing about that is, statistically speaking, uh, most people who uh, most students that uh, partake in mass school shootings mm-hmm. don't. Th- their goal isn't to survive. Yeah, because it doesn't happen. I think it's less than one percent of the time do the people who are shooters in school shootings survive. So, right, if you know that. And to be honest, I don't know how you wouldn't. I don't think you even need to look it up to know. Right. Uh, you're not intending to survive that event. So I had always assumed um, before knowing the actual fact that, that the artistic intention was that that both had happened, that he'd killed them and then he yeah, killed himself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's hilarious how
0: MTV censored it because it was too dark and they made it much, much worse.
1: Yeah, because you really don't have an answer and so your head is going to answer the question. Yeah. Uh, and there's no good answer. Um, let me let me ask you this. Um, Jeremy is a song. How old were you when you heard it? Uh, I, w- I would have
0: had to have been like 14 or 15 when I first started really getting into music. Uh, I mean, because you know, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden still had humongous shadows over everything.
1: Uh, all right then um I'll uh, I'll ask you the like a therapist question. What was your like wha- what what was your relationship to your classmates like? <laughs> Not great, Bob. Uh so yeah. did you wh- when you heard this song, did you find Jeremy to be a like, relatable, relatable character? I mean,
0: yes, and Now that I re-listened to it, I was like, holy shit, this kid was much more messed up than I was. He was also violent already, so I was like, no, that's not me. But, like, at the time, yeah, I was like, yeah, I understand you, Jeremy. You speak to me, Eddie Vedder. Yeah. You are writing a song about me, which, again, when you're a teenager, this makes sense.
1: It does I mean it made it made a lot of sense to me as a I would because I would have been about the same age I, I think I probably would have been a little younger because I heard it when it first came out because uh, I bought that record mm-hmm. and Jeremy was this song where you uh, being the kid that got beat up after school every day um, to the point that I had to go from one school to another school like they had my parents literally moved me out oh, of schools geez. it was so bad uh, that Jeremy was very relatable because uh, I remember very distinctly, um, I think I was nine when I started thinking about killing myself, I got beat up so much. And I think by the time I was a teenager that those suicidal thoughts were amplified by also this enormous resentment that took the form of a lot of really, you know, violent thoughts. So yeah, it's both of these things jive to me. Both of these things make sense that he would want to enact revenge on his classmates. And that also that he would want to die. makes a lot of sense. You listen to the song and if you're that age and if you've, you know, and I think most kids to some degree feel like Jeremy, it's not necessarily, I don't think you have to be beat up after school every day.
0: I mean, I was not. Right.
1: I think that, I think that plenty of people feel, I think, you know, most, most youths feel alienated from the people around them, always feel alone, always feel isolated. But, you know, I think that um, it put such an extreme tone on it that uh, people reacted in a really pretty profound way and uh, to the point that the song now, even though it came out years before, is pretty strongly associated with with the Columbine Massacre. And the Columbine Massacre is now, I think it, it, it was just this past april that it hit 20 years ago that it happened 20 yeah. years which is wild to think do you remember that
0: yeah and you know I, I i'm not one of those people who's like this should be banned or you know this caused this or that you know but i i wonder cuz it feels like there was like some kind of psychic ripple coming off of off of jeremy like i don't know i think like, that
1: i think that um jeremy's popularity and its existence uh is not because I don't I don't think that Jeremy caused no, anything. No, Jeremy didn't cause anything. Jeremy yeah. existed concurrently with these other events because this was something this was this was the boil over point, you know what I mean? This is yeah. this is where these things were going to start to happen. And I'll tell you something else. Um that Columbine thing, um I mean, first of all, the obvious thing to say is that uh 20 years later I'm where it's only gotten worse. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that even at the time, you know, uh this is this is a weird thing but Right before Columbine, uh, and I was a kid that wore a trench coat because my buddy wore a trench coat. Uh-huh. Um, he wore one because he wanted to be a private eye, and I thought it was a cool look, so I started wearing one. Oh, yeah. I, they
0: were very popular at the time.
1: And, uh, and I remember um, right before, genuinely right before, uh, I got really angry about something, and I just said a bunch of stuff that I didn't mean, but that was pretty violent. And I got yeah. institutionalized for about a week and a half. And it was before. This is before Columbine. So I'll tell you, a lot of people feel that the Columbine thing is the moment, and obviously because it was, it became so big. That was uh, not
0: even the first school shooting. But the
1: thing is that we were, we were headed there. That was the, I guess, the crisis point. Yeah. But. You know, people talk about how after that, if you wore a if you wore a trench coat, people were on you. People would be very hyper, thoughtful, or or critical of things that you said. Be afraid of you. Yeah. But before the Columbine thing happened, um, which would put it closer to the Jeremy era of things, uh-huh. um, that was already happening, and I can tell you because I literally experienced it firsthand.
0: Yeah. No, I remember. I remember that. You know, there were school shootings before Columbine, and then you know, and. There was a lot of suspicion towards uh, the weird kids, and I mean, I, certainly things have only gotten worse. So I, you can't really say it was like, ah, oh, you know, people are overreacting. Even if they were, because things have only gotten worse. And uh, you know, I, Jeremy would be called absolutely hashtag problematic in 2019.
1: That's isn't that interesting, and that's that's the okay. So here I mean, we are. We've we've arrived at yeah. the first unavoidable pothole. Right. Right. Which is that. Jeremy in 1992, 93 is a song that people go, huh, wow. We've got to look at our young men and, and, and figure out why, what, where the violence is coming from. In 2019, people go, Jeremy's a whiny little shithead who needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he probably has nothing to really be upset about. He's just a he's just a kid that thinks he deserves something and nobody deserves everything or anything yeah. at all. And so, you know, it's his own goddamn fault that it happened. I mean, and I got to tell you, here's here's what I know so far. Neither approach seems to have yielded <laughs> a very good result. We yeah. it, no matter what instance and what what approach you take, the the school shooting thing has not slowed down and suicide in 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 kids. Has not let up. You know, if you look at the the the, the Center for Disease Control, uh, they'll they'll tell you that. Um, uh, I think it's from ages age ten to fourteen, suicide is um, number four. It's like the fourth Jesus mo- most dangerous uh, thing. Uh, and once you get from I think like fifteen to twenty five or whatever it is, it's number two or number three. You know, I think it's number two though. So um, that's we've got it. You know, it's just an ongoing. <laughs> problem in yeah. american society that jeremy was speaking to then it's just interesting to think that i don't think people connect with this song now necessarily
0: yeah well i mean it's a it's a it's a neutral song i guess but like in 2019 you was like well it's not like unsympathetic to jeremy even though he's not i guess he's the bully victim in that one there there's some talk about how they you know gave him shit and then they're like, well actually, he was also a violent kid himself already. He he bit the recess lady and uh how could I forget? He, yeah, and
1: he he hit poor Eddie Vetter with a surprise left. Yeah. Um I think that it but you know, boy, this is really hard to talk about. Isn't it? It's very it's difficult. Awful. Why well, are we doing this to ourselves? I don't know. I picked these songs. That's my yeah. fault. I'm sorry everybody. But uh yeah, I just as a kid, I don't think I actually uh, like went home and drew uh, pictures of mountain tops with me on top, yeah, with hands raised in a V. But you know, if you if you, dead people
0: below, oh my god, this is a re- no one who was looking out for this kid. My yeah, god.
1: it's and that's the thing, right? Is that well, you say that, yeah. but I think that the flaw of the song um, is its simplistic view of the parents. Right, the fact that mommy, oh, that you know, like mom wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, that the kid was something that mommy wouldn't wear, uh, is a very simplified view. I think of most of these instances. Usually, it's that there's just a disconnect. Right, when you're a kid, when you're very, very young, Mm -hmm. you get everything from your parents. Right, you take everything that they say as the truth for the most part. You have a tendency to believe your parents to follow in the footsteps of your parents. You want to be like your parents, Mm -hmm. and then. Uh, one day you realize that you want a thing that your parents don't want you to have, and it's so dumb. But that that little crisis point makes it so you feel that you can't trust them anymore, and they're the number one source that you can trust in a lot of mm-hmm. cases for kids. And now you 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 know you get this idea in your head that you can't trust anybody, um, and so if you don't immediately fall into some kind of clique of yeah. friends that you've got that are your peers that are your own age, if you don't have that then chances are you're going to be like jeremy you know you're going to be deeply resentful you're not going to feel like you could talk to your parents and if you're if everybody else is making fun of you i gotta tell you Mm -hmm. um again i didn't draw any pictures but um i definitely imagined to be completely uh uh, honest yeah i totally imagined killing some my bullies yes absolutely I was so angry as a kid I was such a furious young kid around the age of like 12 13 14 because I was so sick of it because it was prolonged yeah. beatings from kids who were my own age I just you know I just wanted to be friends with people and so I, I don't think that there is anything that exceptional about Jeremy you say the 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 the, the, the bit the bit the, the, the lady's breast but yeah. I just like maybe that is really extreme but the thought but the violent thoughts gotta tell yeah. you yeah kids are animals and so they have a tendency to think in very animalistic simple ways
0: uh you know i the, the whole thing about jeremy is suicide as revenge like even like n- commit violence on yourself to to hurt people and uh i wasn't uh like angry at anyone specifically there was no one i wanted to hurt but like that whole whiny you know pay attention to me thing was like something i certainly felt and you know like, why doesn't anyone care? Why doesn't anyone, like, how do I get them to notice? And that's a, oh boy, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I, I may, you know, maybe Soundgarden had it right. Maybe just leave it all abstract so no one can have these conversations about it.
1: And speaking of. Yeah. Now we're going to have that conversation. Because the thing is yeah. that now, you know, it, it's funny because if you look at Black Hole Sun, um, yes, I think on its face, uh, it evokes a feeling mm-hmm. and we all just go, Yeah, we get it. Yeah. You know, and I don't think that there's a point in which you think about it too much deeper than that until Chris Cornell kills himself, which happened, like we said, about two years ago.
0: Well, like what most of what I feel about Black Hole Sun comes from the iconic video and in its own way there, you know, Jeremy and Black Hole Sun have their similarities. They're both like dark reflections of like normal, uh, normal, uh, what we think of as normal white kids in America but you know they're in the Jeremy video they're uh Sig heiling all the classmates and in the black hole sun video they're all uh you know got big goofy grins on and then they get destroyed but it's the black hole sun was a lot easier to swallow because it, you know it's funny it's a it's, it's a joke like it's not
1: <laughs> some of it is i mean yes the yeah. music video is 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 pretty funny it's like a and funny
0: horror movie like it's a horror comedy that video yeah and then and then, uh, you know, Soundgarden
1: was the one untouched by tragedy. For uh, a while. Yeah. Until very recently. <laughs> but yeah, so I looked at that music video at the time, and um, I liked it because it was um, the band themselves saying, um, we welcome we welcome the end, right? That's, yeah. that's what that song, at least the music video, always seemed to be about, right? The world's going to end. So we're just going to smile and laugh as it comes, uh, or at least the people around them are. And, uh, you know, that's uh, as an adult, <laughs> as uh, sometimes the feeling that you have when- Certainly in 2019. Right. When when so much of the world is out of your control, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it, it's- so, right. Because uh, All right. So here's the difference again. Um, Jeremy is about a kid discovering that the world is out of their control. Mm-hmm. I think Black Hole Sun is about the constant waking nightmare that is being an adult and knowing that the world is even more out of control and more out of your control than you thought as a kid by right. a, a billion times over. Right. And and the response that you have as an adult is kind of like, uh, you know, the two parts of uh, the Stephen King novel It, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy is about the kids facing off against Pennywise and mm-hmm. Black Hole Sun is about the the adults. adults, the losers club coming back.
0: Speaking of big, goofy grins.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I do think it's I, and that's that's the best analogy I'm going to come up with for that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like there's there are lines in there like um, times are gone for honest men and sometimes far too long for snakes. Don't yeah. tell me that's not about anything. <laughs> but Chris Cornell can say, ah, you know, that doesn't. Oh, my goodness. There's a there's a there's an ice cream club truck going by if you can hear it. Um, Oh,
0: my God. Hi, Pennywise. Yeah, that's Uh, amazing. Yeah.
1: That is not something that we planned for. It just kind of happened. But
0: yeah, uh, yeah, if you're hearing this on the podcast, you must think you're going insane.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, you are (laughs) uh, because you're listening to this podcast. But um, but also the music is really there. But yeah, Uh, that that line uh, means a lot to me. Times are gone for honest men, sometimes far too long for snakes Jesus Christ! It's uh, it's pretty bleak and pretty accurate, right? Not right. a lot of not a lot of honest people in the world. And being honest, I got to tell you, um, hand to God, my own personal experience doesn't usually pay off. Uh, I don't find honesty to work very well. And trust me, a lifetime of being very honest <laughs> has not done me a lot of personal fucking favors. <laughs> uh, but people who know how to lie, very successful. <laughs> Very, very, very successful. Uh, so there's that. And then, um, actually, my my favorite line from the whole thing uh, is the is the last before they go into the chorus for the final time, which is, hang my head, drown my fear till you all just disappear.
0: Yeah, like, Chris Cornell can say he didn't write this about anything. He didn't have a theme in mind, but it's. Yeah.
1: Let me tell you, uh, I have lost count of the number of times that I have just said, I can't handle today. Yeah. So I'm just going to go to the bar and I'm going to drink mm-hmm. until everybody else, until I close this place out, until I am drunk and alone and then I can go home and pass out. Yeah. That is a very familiar, I would say more adult than yeah. Jeremy kind of feeling. Um, so that line uh, always got me and I, I, boy, I wish I could say I got it less now, but uh, yeah, the song has only become more relevant for me the older that I've gotten yeah
0: and that's yes it has i uh, you know and it's funny because the 90s in hindsight always seemed to me like the happy carefree decade we didn't have any of nuclear war hanging over us 911 hadn't happened yet and yet all nope. the, like dark stuff like this got really really big much bigger than they would ever be today and that that's such a strange thing to me.
1: Well, I mean I think that we had the space for it. You know, nobody has the spoons for a sad ass song anymore. The spoon
0: man's for this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. Uh yeah, yeah, I um yeah, I think it's that. I you know, it's just it's that funny It's just that it you know, it was successful unlike, you know, I think in movies that stuff would fail. You know, uh, uh, it's uh for example, Roland Emmerich trying to make a Godzilla movie. Right? <laughs> Godzilla is about things being completely out of our control. It's just this huge destructive force that we can't stop. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s, we weren't really dealing with that so much. So they literally didn't even know how to make that movie. Yeah. Uh, whereas um, existential dread, it doesn't matter how, how good things are going. Um, people are always going to feel that. So I think that the fact that on the face of it, the world was kind of okay in a number of ways, mm-hmm. we had the, the bandwidth to yeah, deal with this kind of music
0: yeah like you know black hole Sun is like that kind of feeling in you know, a pretty digestible package and like if you look at ignore the like the three minute solo there it's a very uh classically written song like you like I heard someone say it's like Lucy in the sky with Diamonds except a metal song
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that was that was part of uh where the song came from too I think is that you know so somebody told him to write a Beatles song because that was one of the <laughs> bands that he, they were like they're like who's your favorite bands and he's like the Beatles and cream. And they said, "All right, so like write a song that would be like the Beatles and Cream," and this is one of the songs that he came up. With. It was this "Fell on Black Days," and I forget what the other one was. But is it "Spoonman," I don't know, I don't remember. I know those two were on the list, and you can really tell. Um, "Fell on Black Days" is another yeah. really traditional song.
0: You know, that's a. I, I was just uh, reading Pitchfork's like re- review of retrospective review of that album. It's like Soundgarden was like the one of the few bands that got better once they signed to a major label. Yeah, like 1994 was their like Soundgarden was like the first grunge band. And in 1991, they got lapped by Nirvana and Pearl Jam, who had just had their debut record. And uh, and then by 94, if they weren't dead yet, Kurt Cobain was all, well on his way. And Pearl Jam like ran from the limelight and Soundgarden yeah. was like, this is our time. This is.
1: Yeah. And they went from Bad motorfinger to uh, to Super, Super Unknown. unknown. And uh, yeah, and Super Unknown is an incredible record. Just just through and through, it's really good. That's another thing that's sort of interesting, right? Usually I find myself saying, well, who had the better record overall? And I honestly couldn't tell you.
0: Oh, no, both those albums are
1: amazing. Yeah, they're incredible. I mean, 10 is still, I think, I think it's still Pearl Jam's best. Oh yeah,
0: that's pretty uncontroversial
1: you know I I know I know know. but I mean well here's the thing when something is unquestionably the best for a really long time and it's been over you know it's been 25 years or whatever it is at this point takes
0: pop-up so yeah there's there's gonna be a point when people are gonna say yeah yeah
1: Yeah. but what about vitology you know um it's fine but yeah I just think that that it's hard to sort of decide I I realized in this that um I don't... Again, it's another one of those episodes where I feel almost a little bad because I don't care who wins.
0: Yeah, me neither, honestly. Because they're,
1: they're both great and uh, I don't think that there is... A, I don't, whatever reason that you're going to give is going to be, I think, probably, for the most part, deeply fucking personal. Yeah. Uh, You know, and even if it is just I prefer the, the guitar licks off of uh, Black Hole Sun. That would be fair. Yeah. Or, you know, I I,
0: I... I like... Honestly, I really love... Eddie Eddie Vedder's weird woo, 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 at the end, yeah. like where he's just like vamping for a good like two hours. It feels like but yeah,
1: he really goes. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I think it's really tough to to be able to pick between these two and and really have a rock solid case that one is unquestionably mm-hmm. superior. Um, so I guess now that I've said that, which one is unquestionably superior <laughs> according according to the to the kids at home?
0: To the kids at home. Well, uh, we got about 400, uh, exactly 403 votes on this. And uh, with, for a total of 263 to 140, 65% to 35%, the winner is Black Hole Sun by wow. a large margin.
1: I am shocked.
0: Uh, you know, like, it's a, it's more of a pop song than Jeremy is. I like guess a, so, man. I, I just mean, think like, the, the the verses of Jeremy are just, like, freeform. There's no rhymes or, you know, he's just a... Uh, it's there there's a it's a very loose song at least till the chorus and i i like I said I don't have any clue what the, I thought for a long time the chorus to that song was jeremy spoken pretty please oh pretty please well yeah,
1: and that's not even
0: the right meter like I was way off
1: <laughs> yeah I think i actually um I think I actually got that one right. Yeah. I think that was one of the few songs that I knew for the most part what he was saying, and definitely in the chorus I knew. Uh, but I am shocked. I am shocked that that's how it happened, because I do find that those really... Because I do think that the Jeremy, is because it tells such a specific story, it has that very visceral quality to it. But I'm going to tell you, I think the other reason... I don't think it's just the song itself. I, I do think it's because people view jeremy as much a differently yes. in 2019 yeah. yes that he's hashtag problematic and i gotta tell you yeah. i think that's hashtag problematic to be completely <laughs> honest with you uh i think that the way that we score and um not just boys but i guess like just kids in general i don't
0: what do what is it that we? well, well, well let's say that uh angry white boys have lost a lot of sympathy in the past 25 years but
1: I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this yeah. I don't think that the the no sympathy fuck your feelings approach mm-hmm. works for anybody I'm just gonna put it out there I don't yeah. think that's a good solution for anybody uh and I think that uh Jeremy is still a pretty powerful song and yeah. uh, and I think that uh I wish it wasn't right the, I don't know what else to say about it it's, anyway that's the that's the hottest take I've got um did you? Was there anything that anybody said that you thought was not, noteworthy? Any? Uh...
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Tons. Uh. Well, here's a one. Here's a guy who writes a story. He's like, true story. My college had a karaoke contest, and I went to it drunk off my butt. Had never heard a Pearl Jam song. A friend chose Jeremy for me because I was doing a horrible Creed impression the week before, mm-hmm. and I won first place and got a twenty-five dollar Starbucks gift card by mumbling incoherently through the entirety of Jeremy. Like if I can garble my way through a song and win first place and still not know a single line of lyrics besides Jeremy poked his ass today. <laughs> I, then I don't think throwing a strong song his black hole son. Uh yeah, there's a there's a lot of talking here about uh n- not being underst- able to understand Eddie Vedder.
1: It's so but, weird. I tell you, I this is the one song that I totally under- but you know, if if we were doing um uh, almost anything else off of that album, I would, I would, uh, I would probably. I, c- I keep thinking "Everlong," but that's a, that's a Foo Fighter song.
0: Yeah, that's. A f- oh,
1: but you know what I mean. The other one, "Alive," even flow, even flow, even flow. Flo. 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 That's what we're looking there for. Even flow. Yeah, oh, I know. Never... That's <laughs> like that. <laughs> one, I never know. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a like uh, like he's doing an auction. <laughs> Oh man, let's see. I Rich Key writes.
0: I thought for several years that the lyrics was Jeremy smoking grass today. Okay, <laughs> that that sounds that I w- I get that. Bookworms and potheads unite. Yep. <laughs> oh, uh, Ted Clark's right. Ted Clark writes, and it took me a little bit to get this. Says about this. I hope you appear hungry on the next episode. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh. See, here, I'll be Eddie and you be Chris. <laughs> I'm going hungry. hungry. <laughs> wow, we did it. Yes. I mean, Eddie Vedder is certainly the more influential vocalist because for the rest of the decade, everybody sang like this.
1: Yep, that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes.
0: One person's like said, like, Jeremy's story really affected me versus Black Hole Sun, which is just oppressive negativity, stated in a very poetic way. And saying that really kills me because Vetter's voice just reminds me of Mouse Rat from Parks and Rec. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, speaking of dead people. (laughs) Oh, well, not cancellation is a kind of death, isn't it? I guess. No one knows. No one even knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, no one even knows what I'm talking about. Don't worry about it. Everyone on Parks and Rec is still fine as far as you know. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. Here's one that I I saw a couple people say, this is a probably a terrible take I'm sure writes James Boss,
1: uh I still like Audio Slave more than both of them. Uh, I I never connected with Audio Slave but um, no I I but, never but, liked Audio but, Slave. But I'll either. tell you what uh, Mr Boss is not alone. No there, there <laughs> are plenty of bosses in this world. Uh
0: yeah Mr James Boss uh yeah Audio Slave was. Uh, grunge without without any of the uh, the weird parts and the weird time signatures. It was yeah, very just, digestible.
1: Yeah, I just didn't connect with it personally, but that I mean, no. you know, I knew plenty of people that really liked it.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one writes. Uh, black holes. Uh, cast to void writes. Black hole sun makes me cry in a good way. I love Pearl Jam, but the sincerity of Jeremy became corny to me, almost to a crash test dummies level.
1: Mm. I'm familiar like, with the crash test yes. dummies.
0: I'm familiar with the work of the crash test dummies. Like, yeah, it's, it's funny to me because Pearl Jam was so fucking cool when I was a kid and like, they are so very sincere and that more sincere than any of the other grunge bands. They were just felt so much and they'd get up on stage and say very political things because like, they cared so much and it was...
1: Yeah, like fuck Ticketmaster and, yeah. uh, and other things.
0: Like, Yeah, they ran for... Oh yeah, music videos are evil and, and shit like that. And uh, yeah, yeah, they they do seem kind of corny to me too. Whereas, like Kurt Cobain still retains all his hipster cool. Yeah, just snobby, you're like, what, snobby what, punk what, rock what did he mean
1: by those things? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> There's no question of what Eddie Vedder is talking yeah. about. Kurt Cobain was was
0: was better than you. I feel like. Better, yeah. better than me. Yeah, better than everybody.
1: Oh, Okay, you right. just. I felt people very forget, alone for a second. Now,
0: people forget how punk rock he was and how like really disdainful of pretty much everyone he was.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm glad he's dead, but I bet you he'd be problematic as hell in 2019.
0: <laughs> uh, I I, I, I want to believe he'd age like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Maybe.
0: I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Uh, all right. And well, one, one last one. Go ahead. All right. Dean Johnson writes, I, I want to respect Jeremy more than Black Hole Sun, but the first thing I think of with Black Hole Sun is the chorus. Whereas the first thing I remember of Jeremy is "Whoa, ay, I, 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 I." That is fair. Okay, I think this. I'm glad we could end this on a light note. Yep. <laughs> Get this extremely
1: heavy, heavy. Uh, Sorry about it, that, folks. Yeah. So, uh, how what's going to be the? Uh... You
0: know what? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we uh, take this to a. a Let's get back in our depth, let's say. Okay. The next one is about butts. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so which are you going to take? Uh, back that thing up by juvenile or back that ass up by juvenile versus Cisco's The Thong Song. Oh, I'm taking The Thong
1: Song. <laughs> oh, good, because I cannot stand The Thong <sighs> Song. Man, you see the booty go.
0: Oh, uh, drop it like it's hot. Drop it, drop it like it's hot. Yeah, I uh, expect to
1: lose this one. This is every week, I think I will, but who knows? Yeah, this is.
0: I, I totally thought
1: Jeremy was going to take this one. But. Yep. All right. Well, that's what we're going to do next week. Uh, so make sure that you go to Patreon where yeah. you can uh, you can vote. Uh, we'll have that poll up uh, expeditiously. Yeah. Which two year two thousand butt song do you like the most? Vote on that. Yeah.
0: And uh, we uh, just put up a uh, new movie review. We went to go see that Beatles movie that none of you saw yesterday. Yep. we have a lot of thoughts about that.
1: So there you go. So if you want to be able to listen to those exclusives, you pay a little bit of money. It's not a lot, um, but yeah, literally a,
0: a buck a month will do it for you.
1: Yep. So uh, feel free to do that. That would be, would be very grateful. And regardless, we're very grateful that you uh, that you listen to the podcast at all. Thanks for enduring this extremely serious episode. Yeah,
0: and remember, you don't have to. You don't even have to donate to us to Patreon to vote and leave your comments. We love your comments. Uh, you just need a Patreon account, vote, and uh, catch us there. Catch you later. Bye.